welcome back to the Typical Time Podcast. This is episode 5. This week I've got an interview with a singer-songwriter from Manchester. He goes by the name of Ryan Jarvis. Ryan's been a fan of The View for the start. He's It's influenced his music in quite a big way. And his bass player actually played on tour with Kyle Faulkner at one of his solo gigs. We discussed that in a, a bit of detail. We'll hopefully get his bass player Drew on at some point to discuss it further. But we kind of we talked about Ryan's growing up and getting into music and what his plans are for the future, amongst lots of other things. What I would say is Ryan's got a Christmas single. It's one of his songs that he's re-released for Christmas. It's called The Winter Was Hard, in brackets, Last Christmas. Uh, And you can get this on iTunes. Reason for the re-release is because he's raising money for a a charity close to his heart, which is the Snowdrop Suite at Royal Manchester Children's Hospital. All the proceeds of this single will be going towards this charity, so I'd urge you all, go and buy it on iTunes. Anyway, I hope you all enjoy the show and I'll speak to you in greater detail at the end. Thanks. The girl, she feels so alone And the boy, he feels so useless The girl, she says you're alright So the boy, he says you're fine this intro because I'll do an I'll make me an intro anyway. I need the intro anyway so so no mm-hmm. when I'm ready to speak in that so it's all right. <laughs> right. Cool. So we'll get Ryan on the day. 
just tell us a bit about yourself, uh, how you started it, how you grew up for a nipper, what, what family life was like for you, stuff like that. Yeah. How, you, how far back do you want to go? Like, I can't really date up. Like, as far as back as you can remember. Like, oh, like, <laughs> <been sung. laughs> uh, I'll, I'll start from uh, being a... Uh, I remember being rubbish at football. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, this was a, a young lad. Well, I, I don't think I was personally, but I've been told by my dad and that, my brothers and that I was. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah but I, then I started like, my dad's a massive fan of music. Like, he loves he loves his tunes, he loves his Manchester stuff. But my, my, both my grandparents, like, you know, I'm fortunate to have them both still knocking about. And mm-hmm. all four of them are into like different kinds of music. Right. So I've got one my grandparents, like my, my, my dad's mum and dad, my nana, so she's into like Elvis and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And my granddad's into like massive into his life, uh, Joan Baez and mm-hmm. obviously Dylan and stuff like that. And like he loves his like Irish, like, would you say like folk music and stuff? And then, my other nan and granddad, uh, my granddad Jim, my mum's dad, he's into like Everly Brothers and like look like the Americans and like and the Hollies, obviously, you know, Manchester band. Mm-hmm. And then my nana, she's into like ABBA, just strictly ABBA, that's it, right. ABBA. <laughs> yeah, and like, so I've, I've always grew up with that sort of stuff, like that, that sort of music playing in the house and that. And um, like I say, I was apparently I was always at football as a kid. I remember. Uh, there'd be like a guitar in, in, in the corner of the room. Like, my dad never really played guitar. He, yeah, he had a bit of a, a dab on the bass and that, but he bought a guitar thinking, you know, we're going to learn it and that. And uh, I just ended up just being intrigued by it. A bit like my little lad is now, but he's like, my little lad's one, and he's like... Just wants to touch it. By it. He, just, he just wants to smash it up, man, like wow. all of them. Yeah, he just wants, where I was a bit, I was like 12, 13, and uh, I was just looking at thinking, I could probably do that. Because it mm. looks a bit easier than playing football and getting snapped and having to wake up on a Saturday morning, and, <laughs> you know, and sit on the bench for ninety minutes. But then, yeah, so I, I started started like I, um, one of my dad's old mates because uh, yeah, he bumped into me in a pub uh, facing my mum and dad's house, and then he was he was chatting about it. And he was just saying like, "Well, I think our Ryan's like starting to like listen to the music. You know, he's he's coming into the kitchen where dad was sat there listening to his tunes and stuff." and when we had the grandparents over and stuff like that, I'm going to get my darts and stuff on a Saturday mm-hmm. and they were all having a drink and that. Like, I was coming down and not really saying anything, obviously, because I didn't know what was going on, but like, I was just listening to them speak about music and stuff and then it kind of went from there and I ended up, two weeks later, I was sat, a shy 12, 13-year-old with uh, my dad's old mate in the front room and I just started going from there, started playing guitar and that. But mm-hmm. then, every, you know, it went on for a few years and I got to like college and stuff and I was like 16, 17. Yeah, I was still very blinkered. You know, I loved that. Like, strictly like, you know, Manchester bands. I was still a 16, 17-year-old kid. And then I started to delve into my grandparents' music collection, which I say, which is like the Irish stuff and ABBA, 80s, you know, and 70s, 80s and stuff like that. And I really started to appreciate all that. And right. I think that kind of like coming into like what I'm playing now. So, did you come for a, was it an Irish family then you come for? Nah, 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 nah. Well, no, 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 no. Just because obviously that, it's a big Irish community in Manchester. Yeah, yeah, what there is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where, if there was like where he grew up, like my granddad, I don't know, I don't mm-hmm. know where it comes from. He just loves that sort of, he doesn't just love Irish music, he loves like, you know, that's just like that folk side of like, you know, the, the music, where it's 
Uh-huh. A bit, what's the word? Right? It's got a bit of attitude to it. You know, it's got, it comes from a punk sort of effort, you know. You know uh-huh. the, yeah, like the attitude and stuff like that. So, yeah. where, uh, whereabouts in Manchester are you from? Uh, it's, it's a little place called uh, Abbey or Gorton. It's uh, East Manchester. Gorton, is that near Man City, is that? Is that near? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 stayed, yeah I stayed in a hotel room about there when I went to see Stone Roses at Heaton Park. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. About there, I, quite rough, Yeah, it? you're all right. You get out alive, you, aye, you're all right. Aye. <laughs> Not that bad, is it? Like, yeah. It's, it's not yeah. that bad, no. Yeah. Uh, you didn't get your phone next time. No. Or your shoes. No. Oh, in fact, see the no, guy that's on the, the that guy that's on the podcast the week before you. He's that's who I went to Stone yeah. Roses with, and we drove down. I drove down with my wife. My wife's from London, and we were going down to her mum's. Right. We drove. We drove down to Manchester, and I put my wife. And my wee boy in a hotel, I fucked off to Heaton Park yeah. for a night. And then I came back and got <laughs> them, and then we drove the rest of the ride <laughs> into London. Say, yeah. I'll be back in like two or three days, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But, uh, that that's the best gig I've ever been to. Brilliant gig. Yeah, when, when was that? Two thousand and I think it was two thousand and twelve or thirteen. Twelve. Yeah, I think. I think Heaton Park was like two thousand and ten. 12, 11, whatever, yeah. Was it mm-hmm. Etihad Stadium was like 2015, 16, I think, because uh-huh. I did, um, I did, a, I did like, a, a pretty decent support slot of, well, well, I'm sure we'll get on to this, like the, the, the Cortinas, like 2015, mm-hmm. and I think it was like not long after that they did the, uh, the Rosewood gigs, and right. yeah, because I went with my dad. I might be wrong, I might be getting my dates wrong on that, but good gigs anyway. <laughs> so, I, so how did you get into music then? How did you get into playing it and like when did you start doing it, and when did you realise that you could make a living out of it? Uh, making a living, okay, I don't know. I'll let you know when I, when I realised that. But uh, <laughs> now nah, we're messing. Well, like, like I say, I started. Like, I got into it on like twelve, thirteen when I, you know, I, I couldn't. I, like I said, I, I couldn't be asking any football anymore, and I just needed something. Mm-hmm. I started playing the trumpet first, the cornet, you know, brass band. Right. Like, like, the, like the brass band and stuff. I started that first in like in like year seven, and uh, I don't know why. I was trying to get out of Spanish, I think, or PA or something. I don't know. I was trying to get out of one, and and, uh, and the, the trumpet was calling. Like that'll do. Beats do like you know, learning like doing like science or something or whatever. And uh, I started doing that first, and then like I say, like uh, my dad's bumping into his old mate and stuff, and he was he was telling him about him getting into like guitar lessons and stuff like that, and. I kind of followed on from, you know, me learning like the, the, the trumpet and stuff and doing like the gigs like the brass band and that. But right. it all started like, yeah, yeah, end of year seven, year eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like I say, I don't know when I'm going to be living off it. I'll let you know. <laughs> we'll come back and do another podcast. <laughs> so you're no mate 11, but you're obviously, you're gigging and things now. So how did yeah, that, yeah. like, when did you start doing that? Because obviously you started off just yourself and a guitar, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did my first ever gig at um, I went, I went after left school on that. I, I remember my GCSEs, for, you know, it's the usual story, shit GCSEs. Mm. And, uh, and I was stuck. I wasn't like stood there thinking, what shall I do? And then you know, a big shiny light comes down the guitar in the corner room. Or, 
that's meant to be. I was just, it was, I knew in like towards like the end of year 11, I was like getting more and more into it and I wanted to do a bit of music, but I didn't know, I didn't start singing, I didn't write any songs or anything like that. I just wanted to go and learn more about music. Right. Because I, I don't know, just, just that was all that I, I kind of knew. I was, that was the best sell at my time in, you know, in like year 10 and 11 and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew that that was what I wanted to go into in college. And then uh, I remember um, they're getting my GCSE results coming home to my mum and crying my eyes out because uh, I thought I didn't get didn't get into college. And she rang him and she was like, is there no way you can get him in? And just like, not she didn't blackmail him, but she was like, please just get him in and do some, like, something. And they found me like a foundation course, a performance course. And I went, that'll do, yeah. So I wiped your tears. And, and then I enrolled into like a foundation like performance course. It was like one year. You have to pass that. And you can go and do like the, the proper ones, like the two years and stuff. And I did that. And then it was like two months into it. We have to get put in like bands. I don't know if, if you've got any friends or like yourself. Uh, like, we've got a couple that have done that, aye. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you start like, you know, it's like a BTEC course or whatever. You go and you start college and that. And then you just, you know, they, they, like you they work out what you can do, what you play, what you're into. And you start, you know, start talking about music and stuff. And then they just show you in a room. You, mm-hmm. you, 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 you. That's a band. And then we, we did like, the first college bands, and I remember like this guy coming around, like knocking on like, the doors and that same. There's a festival in Manchester. I think it was started by Tony Wilson. I think, but obviously okay. it was like years ago. It's called In the City Festival. It was like uh-huh. a lot of bands like back in the day. Like you know, like I, I can vaguely remember that. Like, yeah, yeah. This was like so. I, I, I went to college in like year ten. Let's school in year ten. Started college, uh, 2010. Sorry, and like In the City Festival was like. It had been going a few years before that. And it was like a kind of a part of like the last in the city festival. And the guy was like, does anyone want to play? We're doing like a Manchester College uh, stage in like Piccadilly Gardens. And I was like, yeah, go on then. And then the rest of the college band were like, what are you doing? Like, like we've only been like gigging together for like a month. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do it on my own. I went back and told me my dad, and you know, like, what? Uh, what are you going to do? And I was like, fuck knows. But I'm just going to try. And I ended up like, learning like a few chords. I did like a five song set wrote uh, my first ever song called Don't Piss Your Life Away, which is, you know, as you can imagine, weren't that, weren't that good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's where it all started. That was the first ever gig, yeah. I went from there. And, and then, Manchester Evening News was like, can we take a picture and do, like, a little article and stuff on you? So uh-huh. I ended up sitting there in, like, in Piccadilly Gardens for my first gig, you know, and that, that kind of, like, was, like, the catalyst to wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. And You must have been, yeah. you must have been really confident in yourself then to kind of, to just say, right, I'll just do that myself at such a young yeah, age, I, man. That, that, that's what I was saying, my mum and dad were like, because I was never really a confident kid. Like, I just used to go to like college and stuff, and I ring mm-hmm. my mum or I ring me, and this is at the time. And you know, like, I didn't know what anxiety was, and I just used to like, I, just, I, I remember getting on the bus to college and like shitting myself because I didn't really, you know, you didn't have any mates and stuff when you start college and that. Mm-hmm. So I'd be ringing my mum in the morning, I'd be missing at the time saying, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. So I don't, I was a, quite a confident person. But I just must have found some like confidence in like doing music. I don't know. Right. Well, yeah, I, I think that's what you do. You, you kind of mask. You mask it, so you you kind of find yeah. something to kind of. So music was your thing. Yeah. Exactly. Your yeah anxiety. Because exactly, yeah. with me, it's kind of yeah. humour. I kind of just have a carry on. If I'm if I'm yeah. really shitting myself, I just take the piss out of everything. <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah. Gets me by. Yeah, or, or, or yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm but still that, like that now, yeah. It's just an easy way to be, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. What were your musical influences then? Obviously, 
they'd maybe be different then if they are new because obviously you started off as yeah, a singer yeah, songwriter. So yeah, yeah. What was your obviously see being for Manchester was I don't know what it'd be like being for Manchester. Are you super aware of all the kind of music that's came before you through that city? Yeah, I left, yeah. Through my dad, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So is that but, kind of is that all your major influences at, at, at that time, at a young age? The, yeah, that's what I was saying before, yeah, exactly. Like, but, like, first year of college, when I first started doing it, you know, I wasn't... I didn't know if I was going to go under Ryan Jarvis. I just did like, that first gig and stuff. And I didn't know what... You know, I just, I just sang for the first ever time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if I was going to be a solo artist or whatever, you know, whatever you call it, or a band or whatever. But, and you know, obviously, I... I these bands that my dad had, had sat there with my dad and listened to, you know, for so, you know, every Saturday night for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, and the main influence was like, like I say, 16, 17, it was like the Manchester stuff. Like I was saying before, I was like quite blinkered for a couple of years. It was just like, you know, talking to other kids it's in been... college who were like dressed a bit different to me. Right. You know, they had like a lot longer hair. I don't mm-hmm. know. And they've been to a lot, a lot more, you know, like heavier stuff. And you're just speaking to like the, the other kids in college who were, you know, they'd look look at you and think, oh, you dickhead, you're playing guitar on that. But, they'd, you know, they'd be like, you know, like, you know, like, oh, like rap music and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, we'd be called, like, uh, like, grime music and stuff. Well, you know, back then, you know, you, you, you're still trying to find, like, you know, you, what you're into and stuff. But it was mainly, like, for a few years, it was, like, just the Manchester stuff. And then I kind of grew up, I'm not saying it's not a, a bit, you know, not a, a good thing to be into that sort of stuff. I'm still, I love it to bits. I'm still thankful for it. I still love them bands to bits, but, I kind of took my blinkers off a couple of years, you know, after leaving college and stuff and started to appreciate other things. Like yeah. say, like the active music and stuff and like the other influences from like the grandparents and things like that. And I started to listen to friends, making new friends, meeting like the, the lads at the band, like Josh Drew and uh, Duncan, who's who left, he's, he's bugger off to New Zealand now and he was highly to uh, no. I think he might have found himself now. I'm joking, mate, I love you for listening to this. <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's listen to it all there. Like, you know, Drew and Duncan are a couple of years older than me, and they're like mad into like all different kinds of music. Like Duncan was in mad into like eighties sort of stuff and like synths. So when I mm-hmm. met him through through, I started listening to like appreciating like maybe introducing like I don't know like a synthesizer and stuff into records. Because well, you've got nowadays you've got quite a a lot of your your newer music kind of sounds like that, doesn't it? So that's kind yeah, of like yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly, yeah. Eh, uh, I know that's. I think that's really good because I like the songs. I like a couple of the ones on Spotify. You've got the kind of earlier version it, and then you've got it like redone. Yeah, yeah. And no I kind of yeah, I like exactly. both the versions of most of the songs. So it kind of yeah. shows you how you can you can grow. Yeah, yeah. So imagine telling a 16, 17 year old that a seventeen year old me that it was like. You're gonna have a synthesizer on that in five years' time, and oh, you're gonna be no acoustic guitar. I'll be like, nah, you're mad. You know, but now there is, and I love it. <laughs> you're always right, and you know, you're always right at that age. You know best of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't be sold exactly. So, you men, you mentioned supporting Cortinas. How did yeah. that come about? How did was that like your first support slot? No, no, a few years. Uh, so that was in 2015. Oh, that was in October, no, just uh, December 2015. I'm working some out in like out loud now. Bear with me, sir. 
December 2015. Yeah. I think 2000, maybe two or three years before that, uh, like my, the, my first like big support slot was with a, a, a glass a Glasgow band, Glass Vegas. Right. I'm sure you know who they are. I do. You are, are you a fan? I am. Yeah. I love them to bits, mate. And then I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll get to like the support slot in a second. But like I said, like my, my parents' influence of music. Uh, me and my mum and dad used to listen to German uh, XFM. Uh-huh. I used to like, uh, Clint Green, like yeah, Clint Green used to have a show on XFM called I don't know what the show was called. It was every Saturday, and he used to like it was like he's, he used to play out like, new music and like all of his, you know all all his favorite stuff, and uh, that's how, that's where we discovered like the Cortinas. And, uh, then you know I had like my dad's bands like the Roses. Mondays, all of Manchester stuff and all, you know, and then put like I kind of discovered the Cortinas on that show and Las Vegas, and then they were like they became like you know you know you got your own band, aren't you? They're your band, uh-huh. but not but the yours as well. Yeah, and you're telling your mum and dad about them and everyone else about them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just saw Las Vegas and, like, on like Clint Boone like XFM show, and then I think it was like two or three years later, 2013. Uh, I was on my way home from college, on the bus, and um. The Las Vegas page put like a, like a competition out saying send us, I don't know, a, a link to your stuff or whatever. And I was just like, fuck this, I'm just going to send it anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't think a little scally from your know, wife going to win like a, a decent support or something like that. <laughs> and like two weeks later, I got an email and uh, I, I did, they invited me to play in like Liverpool on that. And obviously right. that was a band that me and my mum and dad loved and we bought, bought like so many tickets and so many like, you know, the group it seemed so many, so many t-shirts and mm-hmm. you know it would, would like we invested like so much time and like got to see them and stuff and so that was like a major support spot that was like the first biggest one i had and the second one was the core teams one in like 2015 and that yeah. came about through uh just like um the single one just inviting me to play well that was a good gig was a good how is that at these when you're a support how do you deal with a band do you kind of did you do you get seeing them like Las Vegas and Cortinas? Do you get spending time with them? Or? Nah, it, uh, it, it depends. If, like, if, like you're a man being sold, or you just, I don't know. Like, I, I did, I, I did, you know, I'm not like name checking. I, I did like spend a little bit of time just like thanking like, the lads from Las Vegas and the ladies, mm. like, the drummer and stuff like that, and like, the, uh, like the, the people that work with them and stuff. And like the same with the Cortinas as well. You know, I, 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 might, I got managed to like get upstairs and thank them all personally like just and stuff like that and just say, you know, cheers for having me and that because it was, you know, two like main like mint gigs. And in between that I've supported other top bands as well, like a band from Manchester called Northside. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like a, yeah, and that and that is like, you know, like a proper uh, mint band and loads of other bands as well. You know, like with you know, who have like looked up to whilst, you know, mm-hmm. getting to where I am nowadays or whatever, where that if that may be. What happened? How did you how did you get your band together? How did that come about? Because when, see, when you were doing these support slots, was that just you still? Just you. Yeah. So, what happened to the band? When did you get the band together? It was. So, I did the, uh, the Cortinas gig at the Apollo, like, like saying, in December 2015. And then I think it was like two or three months later. Uh, I've got a mate called uh, Dale Clark who mm. used to work at Ace Work. Uh, and have you ever been out in Manchester? Like, no, never. 
there's like a there's a, there's a club called Forty Two, it's Forty Second Street. So it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's a big indie club. It's been like my dad's been, you know, my dad's been there so many times. Probably been thrown out and God knows yeah. whatever. You know, he's been, he's been pissed off in there many a time. Like a lot of my mates and stuff like that. But uh, I worked, I worked, I worked there for like seven years, and I met uh, a good mate of mine called Dale Clatter. Um, Ian, he, like, we used to like do like flyering shifts, you know, like just like pounding the streets, like on a Saturday afternoon or like a Tuesday afternoon, just handing out flyers to people mm-hmm. just ignoring you. And he, I remember him saying to me, like, oh, I've got a mate in this band, like, uh, from like Ermston. So he, he, he runs like an open mic night in like Manchester, uh, like a pub called Mulligan's in Manchester. You should come down. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't be asked. Two or three months later, after asking me every week, he took me down and, uh, mm-hmm. It was Drew, you know, Drew who you met last week. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's probably the day. So, yeah, it was him that ran the open mic. And right. then me and him just clicked. We've become best mates since then. And then through him, we just started playing together. He used to come to my flat in Manchester City Centre. He's lived there in the Northern Quarter. And we used to sit up, just playing, talking music, playing the guitar. I show him, like, the stuff, like, he's like, on Spotify, the acoustic stuff. Mm-hmm. Give him, like, my ideas, what I imagined with a band and stuff like that. He was like, funnily enough, I've got a, a mate. He's a drummer, and it was Duncan, and it just went on from there. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of like a, the final piece of the jigsaw sort of thing, like you needed to find him, and that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, would you say, kind of, between yourself and Drew, is kind of Drew quite a, a driving force of the music as well? Does he help you kind of write songs now, or is it still yourself writing? Yeah, it's oh yeah, it, it's it is still like like, well it has, yeah, it's, it's still just me like writing like you know I, I write like the lyrics and stuff like the basics and like mm-hmm. it, like like it was before I had like any of the like, lads in the band and stuff I I'd have, I'd always have ideas like you know but I, you know back when I was on me I didn't have you know like anyone to a drummer to I can't I can't play drums right. I can play I play bass a little bit but I'm not good on the bass I can't play keys but I know a few things so I can't like. I have the ideas in me and I'll sing them out and ask any drummer, like someone who can't play drums, like a dickhead front man, like myself or whatever, trying to sing like a drum beat out to be like, shut up, go away. <laughs> and then yeah, I've got have all, all these ideas in my head and that. And then it's still like that now. Like, you know, I, I get the ideas in me, like the drum beats in me, and I just like sing them to, oh, it's not Duncan anymore, but it's uh, a guy called Ben Force. He's, right. he's well good at on the drum, he's, he's class. And he's good at like, other stuff as well, like the, the technical stuff, which mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for. But like, I'll, I'll sing like, the ideas to them and stuff, and and then they'll take like, what they can understand from me, trying to beatbox it to them in a, in a rehearsal room somewhere, and like, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. And the same with Drew, like, I'll, I'll just like, I'll just like, I'll give like a rough idea of like what a kind of like a sound that I want. Uh-huh. I won't be telling. I'm not gonna, never going to tell them what to play, but I just like I, said, I give them a, a few ideas and that. Uh, and then but, yeah, kind of knows. I, I, just, and... I sit all with like, like the, the basics and that, like the foundations of the songs, and we'll just build them from like what I have in my head, and then we'll go from there. Right. It's it's just like see watching you on that live stream. You stay look really comfortable with each other, like as if yeah, you kind of. I don't know. It it just kind of it looks like a good partnership with Paris. Yeah, yeah. So that's that, that's him. That like, he's just a good musician. Like I'm, he he, he can he can play with anybody. Like he, you know, he, he, I've told him all the times. Mm-hmm. At four in the morning or four in the afternoon, like when we've been sozzled or sober, I've told mm-hmm. him the same thing. He knows, he's, you know, he knows he's a good musician. He can, he doesn't necessarily write songs and that, but he's, you know, he's, he's he can 
you've got a good ear for like music and that he can pick up things so he Aye. can understand myself when I'm trying to tell him an idea or he can just go sit with anybody else in like a real room. That's why he's in about 15 different covers bands as well. Right. He can play all different kinds of music. My guitarist Josh as well. Like he's like he, he he's not in like covers bands and that. Like, he's just a good DJ. But he's if, if I like we just like give you I, 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 want, I never really like say to him I want this sort of sound. He just knows like the like the sound that we were going for and stuff. And he just like playing stuff and then he's, he gets it banged on as well. So right. I am very lucky. Yeah. Good luck. I know. It's, it's, you, you need to have good guys around about you that you're comfortable with, don't you? Exactly, hey, yeah. Talk a wee bit about Drew. He played in Kyle Faulkner's band for a tour, is that right? Yeah, yeah, the jammy get. Yeah, so how did that come about? And how did how did you feel about that? I was buzzing for him, yeah. I, yeah. I was just like, obviously, you know, I hope he'd ask you back. I'm only joking. <laughs> I wouldn't really, yeah. <laughs> Don't ask him back because I need him. Mm-hmm. And don't need me bass player. No, nah, we, we went to see him at um, uh, Night and Day Cafe, it was. And then uh, we, we just like, we went down a bit early. And um, Drew's a bit different to me. He'll tell you the same. Like, he, he'll just, he'll, he'll go and chat to anybody where I was like, I might be like, I'm waiting for him to come speak to me. And, you know, but Drew just like, he went over and was like, oh, he went, yes, Kyle. And started like, speaking to him. That, um, we ended up having like a little, but just like a little, a little beer with him or whatever. And uh, I remember Drew asking him, like, oh, I think he might have asked him once, like, a message about, oh, can I get up and sing Faith for Radio with you? And then um, just, you know, in jest, like, he was obviously not thinking anything of it. And uh, then he got up and did, like, the uh, like the set and that. And uh, Kyle just invited Drew up and he did Faith for Radio. And I was like, you this is class. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's, and Drew, we've got a video somewhere. And, uh, yeah, Drew signed face for radio with him. And obviously, um, like he's, he must have swapped numbers or whatever. And um, I don't know. I let Drew speak to you about it. I don't know how it happened, but he ended up uh, getting invited to uh, play. I don't know what he played, bass or guitar on, on the tour, but it was good though. I think it was, who was he supporting now? Was it the, the struts? Was it no? The struts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know how many dates it was, but like, you know, like they got to play like the uh, Manchester Academy one. Mm-hmm. Which and it was rammed as well. Like, I I I'd heard the destruction that like, but I'd never you know I'd never like gone and like checked him out on Spotify and that, but I'd seen him on Facebook and stuff and like you know like I'd like playing in America and that and and mm-hmm. I, I I had like, no idea that it, you know like, I go to like it to be absolutely rammed and when like uh, like Drew and like you know Kyle was on and stuff but it was good it was, it was nice to see it. like me and Josh were there we watched it mm-hmm. proud moment. I didn't want to get after it. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll definitely get him on and get his kind of take on it. Cause so, but it was more than one gig then, wasn't it? So it was like a wee kind of mini yeah, tour. Or, yeah, yeah, UK tour, yeah. Are they still quite close pals now for that? It's still a bit of contact I there. I, 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 I'll, I'll let you chat. I don't know like, the mates and that, but I think they do like, you know, they check you every hour again and stuff. And, right. Still, you know, say hello and that. But I don't yeah, think yeah. they were going to each other's arms for Christmas and that. I don't know. Oh, well. Uh, you, you, they're not allowed to anyway. <laughs> I know, yeah, exactly. Drew should have been here at the weekend either. Like, what do you think of the view as a fan? What kind of amazing them? I can't... I, I reckon it must have been, like, hearing, like, same jeans or, like, wasted little DJ or, you know, superstar tradesmen, you know, I, I don't know, like, I don't know how old I might have been. It must have been, like, start of, like, college, like, say, 2009, 10 or whatever it was. 
Yeah. Well, I remember going with uh, one of uh, one of my ex misses to a uh, HMV Manchester, and I think I told Kyle this like when just you know when like Drew introduced me very briefly when they did like the, the tour on that. Mm-hmm. Must have chewed his hair off for about two minutes, and I told him about his gig. I went to see him at HMV Manchester. I was like, that? Like, yeah, HMV Manchester in the Arndale, but a uh, cheeky for a reason came out. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, was it? Um, and I, like, we queued up and that like, bought the records and stuff, and, uh, and we watched like we watched like the gigs. You know, we used to do them HMV gigs and stuff. Uh-huh. They still do now, but like, they're not as like. Ah, they're not as big. They used to be. They used to do them kind of like three or four in a day, kind of, or the day like yeah, Glasgow yeah, and Edinburgh, they, and then the day yeah, Manchester, like, Liverpool, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they do it like two o'clock, five o'clock, and now mm-hmm. it's just like they'll do like two or three. Yeah. Well, no, nothing now, obviously, but yeah, I, I remember got to see them there. It was mint, and I, I mean. I, Obviously, like back then, I was like proper shy, and I just bought the record, queued up, got my wristband, went to see him like with my ex, ex missus or whatever, watched him. Thought this is class. Like, obviously, I've been a fan of him like a year or two, and uh, we, like we queued up to like get the record signed and that, and and that was it. But that, that was like the first time I seen him, and the second time I seen him, do you know, a neighbor of festival uh-huh. in Manchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, uh, not the weekend of that. Yeah, not the weekend. I think that's in Warrington. Like they, uh, they were festival in Manchester. Uh, I think it was 2017 or 18. We played that like, with, with a band. It was like an acoustic strip back thing. But, um, uh, you know where Sound Control used to be on Oxford Road? You might have. Yeah, know that. Like, it's called Sound Control. It, no, I'm, I'm just saying, you might have, I don't know if you like, ventured over for a few gigs, but it's an old venue called Sound Control. It's been knocked down now, turning into bloody flats, mm-hmm. like they all do. But, uh, there's a little pub facing there called the Thirsty Scholar. So we did like the Neighbours uh, Festival there, me, Drew and Duncan, like a strip back thing. And obviously we had the wristband for like, the rest of the week, the rest of the day or whatever. And the viewer playing at uh, Manchester Metropolitan University, uh, what's it called, like a student union. Uh-huh. So we flew up there, Drew, uh, no, Duncan like got off somewhere else to go and see some, probably some like mad, like, I don't know, like band from God knows where, with his mates, really? and, uh, me and Drew. Got off with my dad on a freebie. That's it. I mean, me and watched a view, and right. that was like that's the second time I've seen him. You're a classmate. He went off. Oh, they always do, man. I mean, that's how. I think once you see them, once you're kind of addicted to it, it's hooked. Yeah, you're hooked, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just some atmosphere. It's the obviously. energy in it. It's like it's just. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I, I, whenever I go and see them, it's usually Glasgow Barrowlands, and that's. The yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. bouncing in there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but they do the same Manchester and Leeds right. and that. So, so that I mean, that's a thing because you, you never know how that kind of transcends that kind of, whether English audiences like it the same way. But then I've seen it with Jerry Cinnamon. Like you see Jerry Cinnamon, you see videos of him doing in Manchester or Newcastle, and it, it just looks the same. And you think how many people thing? know yeah, yeah. that man? But uh, so, it was the same with Las Vegas like years ago when I first uh-huh. started seeing them like, with my mum and dad and stuff like if, yeah like when Las Vegas like with first on scene with like you know, like daddy's gone and Geraldine and stuff and like, I was going with like 2007, 8, 9 they were, they were playing like Academy 3, 2 Club Academy Academy 1 like, Master Academy 1 and mm-hmm. like I was I remember like bouncing up and down getting like pushed to the front with like, me, like, me mum and you know I was only like, like 15, 16 or whatever, and, but it was the same then and then I went to see him like five years, six years later, and it was 
bit of like a quieter audience and stuff, and it's just it. But I imagine you know I, I've seen like I've seen there's a video of like the Las Vegas uh, Daddy's Gone on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's like the best version ever. And it's like a, a um, Tina Park. Like the, I think I was at that and the tent. I I think I was at that because oh, they were turning people away for the tent. It was mobbed. The yeah, same as if you see me never have a view play in a tent at Tina Park. You can't. You need to be in there like yeah. three bands before they come on. Otherwise, you you will not get in. Yeah, all the night before. So it uh-huh. I, I, I worked at Tina Park, mate, with one of me with uh, one of my like, old mates, and that was class, mate. Um, I worked there. And I didn't get to see anyone that I wanted to see. I ended no. up watching like Ed Sheeran, but I worked at, like a wine bar, and I got asked for a <laughs> book fast, and I was like, I returned to like, oh, so that was book fast. I, I was just, uh, it was, it was class though. I've had book fast since as well. Right. Lethal stuff. How many times have you seen a view at like Tina Park and that, or like the Barrows in? I've, well, that's just, that's it's debatable man. But I think I must have I must have at least went to thirty gigs. I'd say maybe more than that, but I'm no very good at staying in gigs. I usually <laughs> chop to it for things, but I was gonna say you just leave it, you get thrown out of the town, <laughs> but uh, at least you're honest about it. <laughs> uh, uh, so my mate my mate that's on the podcast last week, I think he put pictures up. And I think there was a picture for 2016, and he said that that was the first time he'd seen me at the end of a view gig. I don't think, I don't yeah, think, so there must have been guys that I left to me. Obviously, Tina Park, I never get chucked out of Tina Park, so I would count that as seeing the full gig. I don't know, but I've seen them, <laughs> Hunters. I've, 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 seen, I've seen them in Hunters of Places, but I've, the thing is, I've never. I've always wanted to go and see them. You don't remember any of them. What? Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon we'll get back together? Well, that's what's happening. I, Alan McGee's took over and he's going to... Kyle's meant to be bringing an album next year and then the viewer bring an album the year after. So what I would say to you is, if you can kind of position yourself once on this lot... <laughs> yeah, I'm be ready yeah, for a wee support gig or something, happen, especially yeah. get your pal on the phone to him and kind of... Yeah, 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 my sure you're first in line. Yeah. I know, imagine that, the clan. Mm. What's happening with you? What's your future plans? What you, have you got uh, writing stuff? Have I don't you know, anything new to come out of? I've, like, during lockdown and stuff like that, like, I, I, I don't know about yourself, but I was like, I've, so when the lockdown happened, like, March... I was off work for like three months. I work, I work at Starbucks like, on mm-hmm. like most like most days. So like we, we're you know we're not really essential workers, but uh, so we, we, we on like when like the national lockdown got announced, you know like we ought to stay in like, that. We had like two or three months of work, and I, I kind of went back to work. And like, I got the option to if you got to stay on phone, but I was like, nah, I'm, I'm wrecking my brain here. I'm, like, I've, mm-hmm. I, I, I think I've wrote any, anything that I can write over the past like three months. Obviously, I, I used it very wise. You know, I was I recorded like a, a, a like a stripped back version of like um, Rosie, mm. uh, Heavy Heart, and All Right. It was like I got the, I bought a ukulele like a day before we got announced on lockdown, and just learned like that I like transposed like the chords from my own songs into like ukulele version. Recorded that. I was like, right, I've done that now. I've been productive. I need to go out to work, and um, mm. we end up like, and I've been working ever since. So. But like, like full time, so it's been hard. To like, 
like trying to write and do anything with the band and stuff like that. But I'm still like kind of getting back into it now. Like I'm starting to have like things to look forward to. Like I did like the uh, I really I think I'm falling in love like last month or two months. I think who it was. Mm-hmm. And then I had like the brainwave to re-release the Christmas record for uh, Manchester Children's Hospital. So like I'm starting to like become a bit more productive now. I'm getting a bit ex- more excited about stuff because obviously we had like a tour planned for March time. You know, right. obviously that was the start of lockdown, so I got fucked up. And then we postponed it for September. I was meant to play two private like weddings and stuff. That all got cancelled. Mm. Just like a bit like, what's, you know, nothing to look forward to, like music wise. But now, you know, I'm kind of getting back into the swing of things now and stuff. And so, like, I'm, I'm chatting with like, my management, uh, my manager Jason and stuff. And like, it's been like 10 years now. I think it was 10 years in October, on October the 15th, since that first gig I told you about. Right. I managed to pick it up around. Obviously, a lot has happened in them 10 years. A lot of good gigs. Some pretty good gigs, you know. I don't think there's ever been any bad gigs. I've never been like, booed off stage, but, you know, there's still time. But I, I kind of, like, come to, like, the, the decision, like, last month. I think it's been, like, 10 years in the making. So, hopefully, do, like, a record, like, you know, debut album or something. So, uh, you know, whilst, you know, whilst, like, we're still up in the air with, you know, with the terrible government de- decisions that are happening, <laughs> we don't know if we're on to bigger than that. That's going to be the next thing that I'm kind of looking towards doing, maybe. Obviously, whilst writing in between that, but that's not mm-hmm. me announcing like an album, but that's something that's in like the front of my mind, like, you know, that like I want to do whilst I'm not rehearsing with a band to gig or anything like that. So, yeah, fingers crossed, yeah. That's hopefully that's the next thing, but it costs a lot of dough to do that. So, you need to gig, especially yeah. when you're not like signed to a record label. Obviously, I've got management and stuff, but you need to, because you're not having gigs for like a year, what, you know, it's going to come to a year and a couple of months. They generate, like you know, like the cash to record. So Ooh. I did. I, that's that's exactly what I thought in March. Like, oh, it'll all blow over. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't that naive, but we thought, it, you know, it, we might be allowed to. It, things might be back to some form of like normality in terms of like, you know, be allowed to sit in the booze and that. And you know, you know, everyone did. I think anyway. You know, yeah. so like me and the manager, um, like musicians and me and like the management and stuff, kind of did. So we put uh, put it back to like September. Then step. It was like. August, September come about, and it was, you know, we were like thinking about like another lockdown and stuff. So it's a postponement from May. So, like, if, if, uh, the Manchester headline gig that was meant for uh, a March and the tour dates, then the tour dates been scrapped, and the Manchester headline gig is now in May. So it's going right. to be like another year and a half, almost it'll be. So, at least you get something. So, you get something booked for May. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, that, yeah. no, that's it. The worry yeah. is that can I see when all this kind of blows over? And, Everybody's trying to book everything at the same time. Everybody's trying to book studios at the same time to record yeah. and all that. It's it's going to be hectic. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. But so, I, I, I'm also lucky as well. I, I also think. Sorry, I, I think I'm lucky as well. Like, I've got like, like a bit of work on the side as well. You know, I, obviously I've got like a fa- you know, I've got a young family and stuff as well. So I, when I, I moved from Manchester to Bolton, I followed mm-hmm. my missus. You know, because it, it's a, a lot cheaper than living. Uh, Manchester City Centre. So uh, I came to Bolton, and this this was like well before like, any you know any virus came about and all that. And you know, obviously, I, I was doing like uh, like covers gigs and stuff like that, in, in boozers and things, and singing, you know, mm-hmm. singing view, the view tunes and stuff with Drew. We were singing like same games to like half one in the morning, having like mad heads in like Kersley and stuff. But like, you know, bouncing uh-huh. now we're singing James tunes. You know, I mean, you, you know, you can earn like a, a decent crust of it, but. I'm kind of glad, but I'm also, you know, I, I, I do feel for, like, friends of mine, a lot of good friends of mine who 
only did like music and stuff like that. Whereas mm-hmm. like, I, when I moved to Bolton, I kind of I, I knew I had to get another job as well, just just so I'm like a just I don't know like a bit of like reassurance, just in case. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't be asking him one weekend singing someone else's songs, so I'm very fortunate that I have got you know that to go back to as well. Like, yeah, you know, like work as well. I've got that other stuff, but I've got a lot of friends, Josh included, who, who just DJs. You know, that's mm-hmm. his that's his livelihood. Uh, um, uh, a nightclub match called the venue, and I've also got four other friends that work there. One of them's the manager. That's their livelihood, and then they're trying everything to yeah. try and get back into. And I, I don't know, you know, when, when, when like, uh, it was like before this lockdown, the second lockdown happened, they were saying like you need to have like a substantial meal, you know, mm. before you can sell off, right? So like uh, the nightclub that Josh and that work at, like the guitarist and stuff, and like the mate who managed it, they started like planning to sell food and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, you know, and then it got ripped from under the feet. So I kind of feel for them as well. Oh, well that, that's the thing, because the rules change that much. And kind of people just get to grips with what's happening, and then it changes again. It's, yeah. it's no fair on people. No, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the politicians there earning a fair bit of money. It's not as if they're struggling, but it's the people oh, yeah, exactly. like yourselves yeah. that are. Uh, yeah, everyone, that, yeah. So is he sat on the uh, ivory tower looking down? Was in it? Yeah, is that what you say? Yeah, what about, so what about this? Uh, what about this Christmas, the Christmas song? You've re-released it. What's what's going on? Where is uh, I don't know. Did I see somewhere that the proceeds are going to uh, some charity or something? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, in in uh, in uh, right, we're gonna, listeners, we're going to tone it down a bit now. We're going to get a bit depressing. I'm <laughs> only messing. But uh, like, uh, so in 2015, my my ex uh, Mrs. Yeah, had a little girl. And she passed away, like uh, the day she was, after she was born. And uh, so Manchester Children's Hospital, they have like a little room in there. It's called the Snowdrop Suite, and it's where like it's basically you know, to, to, to put it a bit bluntly, you know, and to, to not going to sugarcoat, it's where when families know that the baby's going to pass away or right. she passed, that she or he's passed away, whatever. They, they just put you in this little room where it's not on a ward with like you know like all the beeping and like tubes and stuff sticking out of. You know, the, 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 you, you, you know, you, mm-hmm. you keep your child or whatever. You put it in this little room, which is like a almost like a front room. You know, it's like it's like a house, right. and you can bath them and stuff, and you can just spend time with them as a fam- as a family and do nice things that you uh-huh. probably you know you're not going to get to do in a few years time or in a few weeks time. So they like when my little girl passed away, they were so helpful. Like they made my family feel so comfortable, and my ex's uh, family feel like you know it. As it made, they made it as nice as yeah. it could be, and uh, so yeah, two, uh, about two or three years ago, like the first ever gig with a band like Drew and Duncan, we were uh, instead of like putting the money towards like a new single, I wanted to raise money for um, for the, the Snowdrop Suite as well. We ended up raising like just over eight hundred quid, mm-hmm. and um, and then this year, obviously, fast forward a few years, uh, the Christmas record that came out last year, which is about like you know the the winter that uh, you know that winter or whatever. Right. Um, I can I decided to release it and put any proceeds towards the Snowdrop Suite again. Right. But I've also tried to get like as many people as possible that I know. You know, with you know, with like a fair few followers on online stuff like that. So I've had some nice help of like uh, Clint Boone from you know from uh, Excess oh. Manchester and the Spiral Carpet yeah, yeah, and a few other people. You know. You're just like you know, you can appreciate and you know, you know, using their platform that they've got 
you know, a lot mm. more followers and stuff. You know, you know what Twitter and Facebook and stuff's like. And it's, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's, it's worked as well. We've had like a lot of messages of like new people and stuff. And my missus makes like uh, clay earrings and things like that. So I've used like her page and stuff to like do like a little competition. So if you download the record, uh-huh. send it to her, you can win a, a choice of whatever earring you want and stuff. And just try to generate as many downloads as possible. So yeah, how long that, that's, that's where, that's is, is this for good with it's the downloads? Is a is a a cut off date just because when this podcast goes out, will people still be able to download it and will it still go towards the? Yeah, no, no, like, like, yeah, there's no cut off point. So uh, on iTunes, I've tried to make it as clear as possible that obviously you know stream on Spotify and stuff like that. Of course, that's where yeah, it's going to count as well. But it was out last year, so to. Uh, to like differentiate it, I renamed it as a the when it was on its last Christmas in brackets. Mm-hmm. So you know to go to that one, just some like my manager, uh, Jason can um, you know when he goes on like the accounts and stuff like that, he can just pinpoint that record and so they know it's just they're not you know he's not sifting through like all my other releases and things like that. So you can go on that record and you know whatever uh-huh. we're doing. But I'm trying to encourage like as many iTunes downloads as possible. Right. So everybody that's <laughs> listening to that saying going by Brian's. Record, what's it, the name of it again? Uh, the winter was hard. The winter was hard last Christmas. So go and buy that on in iTunes and brackets. We'll see it all again at the end anyway. Yeah. Uh, I have to go and buy that. What is it, 79 pence or something? 79 pence or something? 99, 99 pence a song. So, yeah, madness, I, 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 messaged, I messaged my brother and my auntie and everyone like the night before, like, like about. Half ten, saying like, like, don't forget, everyone, it's out at midnight. It's going to be like sixty nine p, seventy nine p. I'm your little brother, and then the, the joker. He messaged me the next day saying, uh, "Bought it, mate, ninety nine p." I thought he's having a dig there, like for extra twenty p or I, I don't know. And I was like, rubbing sods, nothing to do with me, that lad. <laughs> so yeah, it's ninety nine p. But yeah, go and buy it, please, everyone. <laughs> ah, that's well, of course. Yeah, I'll be going out and buying it. That's us, then. I think that's us. To see it's in a show Claiming to be the next best everything Which way will you go? You're a little smarter than most of us You run so fast sometimes it's sad to see you for those Finding some time for you, it tortures me Which way will you go? Wages on a Friday, spent on Saturday Let me a fiver, won't do that again Oh, your trust is not too strong your arrogance in the back won't spare you a fag Superstar wannabe said it comes naturally Cemented in your own feeble way eh, eh. 
choose train spots here 50 times a week Thinking it's making him Oh, so unique PC on summer nights Football in the rain Doesn't matter how far he is He's always money for the change Which way will you go? Wages on a Friday Spent on Saturday Lend me a tenner won't do that again What we trust is not too strong Your elegance in the back won't spare you a fact Superstar wanna be said it comes naturally Cemented in your own feeble way You have a face for the radio But I know you like to see it in a show Claiming to be the next best everything Which way will you go? You have a face for the radio But I know you like to see it in a show Thanks for listening guys, I hope you all enjoyed the show Remember, keep liking, sharing, downloading and listening to the podcast Remember, you can do this. You can get in contact with me through Twitter at TimeTypical or Instagram at TypicalTimePodcast or on email at TypicalTimePodcast at gmail.com I'll be back in a few weeks with another episode. Until then, I hope you all have a good Christmas. Ah.